Hello, plant lovers. Welcome to another episode of Herbaceous Conversations with a Silly Herbs and Botanica. I'm your host, Gloria, and this is a space to delve into the knowledge of plant medicine, a spotlight for African botanicals, and to empower you with practical and applicable information to enhance your well-being. For more information, please visit backtosilly.com. Hello, hello, fellow plant lovers. It is so nice to be back here again talking to you all. And because I love you guys so much and because I missed two weeks, <laughs> um, today you get a double whammy of episodes. So a perfect time to, because this weekend is Memorial Day weekend at the time that these episodes are uploaded. So I hope you thoroughly enjoy these episodes. Uh, the first episode is about... Um, turning on the brain and really nourishing the brain with plants. And the second episode is all about uh, making your living environment less toxic and utilizing herbs in that process, which it, I think is really important, especially during this time we're all stuck at home um, and you don't want to be stuck at home and, um, you know, infuriating your insides because your the environment that you're in is not um, sustainable. Not I, I don't want to say sustainable, but it's not um, supportive of your health. So, um, with that being said, I'm gonna say a thanks in advance for tuning in. I always love hopping on here and having conversations. <laughs> I think our daughter is agreeing. Um, anyways, before I talk any further, <laughs> I, I just want you to enjoy these couple of episodes. Thank you again for listening. And um, if you do enjoy listening to Herbaceous Conversations, I would love to hear from you. Um, take a minute to uh, leave a review um, on whichever platform that you listen to. I love hearing from you guys. And if you want to further support this podcast in any way, you are more than welcome to. There's a support button on Anchor. Um, yeah, and I'm actually, I'm going to be setting up a Patreon um, later on. And I'll be sure to let you guys know. That's just really for me. Um, so that way you have one spot for all your resources. But anyways, on that note, um, I'll check you guys next week. A turned on brain is so alluring. I don't know about you guys, but that's just what I think. <sighs> and I really try to foster that, at least for my brain. <laughs> and so I want to give you tips as to how to turn on your brain, essentially. And if it's not really, you know, up to par with its functionality, then analyzing, analyzing, <laughs> um, analyzing why it's not. So we're going to be talking about the chemistry of trauma and how that relates to the brain. I think, you know, this human experience, you go through a lot. You really do go through a lot. And during these ebbs and flows of life, um, sometimes we experience trauma. And this looks, you know, there are so many different ways that one can experience trauma, whether it's physical injury, 
um, emotional from an experience. Um, and then also psychological and mental. And why these happen, there's so many different um, variations and reasons. And I'll give a few examples like, um, well, of course, with the physical, you know, concussions, having reoccurring concussions, um, such as young football players, that's, um, that's an example. Um, mothers, or honestly, women in general, <laughs> you know, with the whole, um, with the way our bodies work with our hormones. Um, but it's really sensitive, especially during pregnancy and after. I would say that two-year window, there's a lot going on. And that's really why the term mom brain is there, because your brain is really and literally changing. <laughs> uh so yeah, mom brain, and then of course, psychological damage, which can look, that's like a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things that can go on there. Um, from abuse, um, the way you're, that you're brought up in your life, so many, so many different ways um, that your brains can change. Now, that's external, or really, yeah, external um, changes. Um, of course, there are other things that contribute to the way your brain changes. Um, I've talked about this before. Epigenetics, um, is a huge part in regards to the brain. It's so malleable considering the fact that it's, you know, a lot of it is water. According to the Journal of Biological Chemistry, the brain is actually 73% water. So that's a lot. Um, that's a lot of malleability. So considering that, it's really important that you're really vigilant about taking care of the brain. And I wanted to highlight trauma in this episode. There's a lot of reasons why, to be quite honest. Um, I know a lot of you know that I regularly um, look into medical astrology for my personal for my life and for others as well so and looking at that for example what's going on in the world it really lines up um, and there's a lot of inner work going on it's really inner and outer <laughs> because nothing is being hid anymore to be quite honest nothing's being hid so we're all going through these challenges um, together in a sense, really. But anyway, so let's talk about how, um, these traumas, regardless of whether it's physical, emotional, or mental trauma, how, um, it really changes and alters the body. Now on a cellular level, what really happens, um, it's within the DNA sequence. So these proteins, they shrivel to the point of, um, you know, sometimes the cells, because, you know, they're mostly water too, <laughs> and they'll have times where they get stressed and they will shrink and contort. Um, but after that time has passed by of being stressed, it'll come back to its original 
composition. But sometimes, like in the case of trauma, it will contort and shrivel to the point of no return. And this is what is called denaturalization. Um, yes, that's the chemical aspect of trauma. Now, trauma, of course, there's short-term and long-term applications. Now, short-term, of course, um, for example, you know, with a physical in injury, there might be temporary memory loss, a little bit of confusion. Um, yeah, even with mom brain <laughs> confusion. Um, a loss of self, really, you know, that identity loss is really scary. So that's a short-term application. Then, of course, long-term, that's when you get into the heavy stuff, the deep-ridden, um, the deeply, you know, the deep change that goes on. So that includes, you know, addictions, gastrointestinal disease, and really, yeah, dis-ease, literally, um, a compromised immune system, and of course, aging, because, you know, your body, it goes through so many oxidative changes and processes to the point where you're increasing um, your age, <laughs> the, you know, that exponential time of um, your aging process. Now, of course, your brain is at the center of all this change that's going on, right? And your DNA, but other systems are included. Now, of course, within the brain, of course, the brain is subdivided into different regions. Now, in regards, especially to any trauma or sudden change, the thalamus gland and the limbic system, because they work together, they're both in charge of the motor functions, the hands-on, you know, the way your hands work, your memory. Um, that's what these systems are in place for. And they are they also communicate with the nervous system, of course, you know, right, motion, and the hormonal system, the endocrine system. Um, so, and that's why you see, you know, for example, with the long-term effects, gastrointestinal, that's because of, well, one of the main reasons, um, is the hormonal shift, the sudden hormonal shift, I should say. So any trauma is really, it's, it's inter, it's interrelated and it affects a lot within the body. It's not just mental. It's really not just mental. Now I want to state some statistics. I might've stated this in an earlier podcast episode however i'll state it again so um in now these statistics are from the book the xx brain which is an amazing book i would highly recommend it it's by lisa moscani and in that book she said and this is what she found she's a researcher women are four times more likely to have migraines and headaches three times more likely to have autoimmune dis orders two times more likely to develop anxiety or depression and two-thirds out two out of three alzheimer's patients are women so yeah women we, we especially women of course you know there's a huge um misunderstanding really as to how the woman's body works unfortunately and we're finally getting a grasp simply because we were 
not a part of the research equation. Um, you know, mostly research was mostly done on men essentially, but things are changing. So, um, yeah, in this episode, I am specifically talking to women because just because those stats alone, um, our bodies are so, um, I don't even know how to say it really just amazing, (laughs) um, because of all that we do, right. Being childbearers. Um, and because of that, there's a lot of shifts that go on in the body. So even in regards to childbearing, um, having these fluxes of progesterone and prognelone, there's so many, there's so much that goes on and how it correlates to the brain and its functionality, that it's important that we are aware of this and, um, implement certain tools that can help the brain. I wouldn't say recover. I can't even use that term, not essentially recover, but just really just support the brain during those, um, during those challenging times. So I know, um, now there are a few herbs that you want to look out for in their properties. Um, and these are neuroprotective plants and nourishing, nourishing plants. I talked about nourishing plants a lot in the, um, in a previous episode, which I'll link below. Um, and that's really just because, okay, so because of the abundance of the vitamins and minerals in those plants, when, now, of course, I would always suggest, you know, when taking those um, nutritive plants substances, you can definitely combine it with a fat. And what that will do is to help the body uptake those vitamins and minerals, especially the fat soluble ones that need the fat to be absorbed in the body. So yeah, definitely a highlight on the nutritive and the neuroprotective plants. Now what these do, uh, there's so many, okay, I'll, I'll make it simple. (laughs) I'll make it simple. Um, so neuroprotective, of course, um, now there are different ways that plants support the brain in this aspect so some of them are actually combined so that some of them will have um will affect the nervous system to where the nerves in the brain aren't so hyperactive because you know sometimes hyperactivity can promote a state of inflammation so by incorporating those neuroprotective plants it'll help to um make the environment in the brain um less inflated and then if you take that and if you combine it with a nutritive herb then that will help to support just the functionality of the brain so that combo is lovely to look together i personally love it um and because i am postpartum right now i am <laughs> You better believe (laughs) I am adamantly incorporating those specific plants in my lifestyle right now. Um, So other ways that neuroprotective herbs can help the brain and really support it. So there's the nutritive aspect and then 
and then the um, adaptogenic herbs. So like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of hormonal activity um, that contributes to the brain and its functionality, right? Because of its close communication with the endocrine system. So if in the case, you know, stress, either your, you know, there's a spectrum of stress that your body is in. So depending on the scale of the spectrum that you're on, incorporating an adaptogenic plant can help you find a nice medium um, within the body in regards to stress. Because stress is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a matter of how your body is dealing with it. I hope the information in today's podcast really motivates you to incorporate certain plants that support the brain during these times of changes throughout our lives. Thank you so, so much for tuning in today. I think, you know, this human experience, you go through a lot. You really do go through a lot. And during these ebbs and flows of life, um, sometimes we experience trauma. And this looks, you know, there are so many different ways that one can experience trauma, whether it's physical injury, um, emotional from an experience, um, and then also psychological and mental. And why these happen, there are so many different um, variations and reasons. And I'll give a few examples like... um, Well, of course, with the physical, you know, concussions, having reoccurring concussions, um, such as young football players, that's that's an example. Um, Mothers, or honestly, women in general, (laughs) you know, with the whole, um, with the way our bodies work with our hormones. Um, But it's really sensitive, especially during pregnancy and after i would say that two-year window there's a lot going on and that's really why the term mom brain is there because your brain is really and literally changing (laughs) Uh, so yeah mom brain and then of course psychological damage which can look that's like a lot of you know there's a lot of things that can go on there um from abuse um, the way you're, that you're brought up in your life, so many, so many different ways, um, that your brains can change. Now that's external or really, yeah, external, um, changes. Um, of course there are other things that contribute to the way your brain changes. Um, I've talked about this before, epigenetics, Um, It's a huge part in regards to the brain. It's so malleable considering the fact that it's, you know, a lot of it is water. According to the Journal of Biological Chemistry, the brain is actually 73% water. So that's a lot. Um, That's a lot of malleability. So considering that, it's really important that you're really vigilant about taking care of the brain. And I wanted to highlight trauma in this episode 
there's a lot of reasons why, to be quite honest. Um, I know a lot of you know that I regularly um, look into medical astrology for my personal, for my life, and for others as well. So, and looking at that, for example, what's going on in the world, it really lines up. Um, and there's a lot of inner work going on. It's really inner and outer <laughs> because nothing is being hid anymore. To be quite honest, nothing's being hid. So we're all going through these challenges um, together in a sense, really. But anyway, so let's talk about how um, these traumas, regardless of whether it's physical, emotional, or mental trauma, how um, it really changes and alters the body. Now, on a cellular level, what really happens, um, it's within the DNA sequence. So these proteins, they shrivel to the point of, um, you know, sometimes the cells, because, you know, they're mostly water too, <laughs> and they'll have times where they get stressed and they will shrink and contort. Um, but after that time has passed by of being stressed, it'll come back to its original uh, composition. But sometimes, like in the case of trauma, it will contort and shrivel to the point of no return. And this is what is called denaturalization. Um, I guess that's the chemical aspect of trauma. Now, trauma, of course, there's short-term and long-term applications. Now, short-term, of course, um, for example, you know, with a physical injury, there might be temporary memory loss, a little bit of confusion. Um, yeah, even with mom brain <laughs> confusion. Um, a loss of self, really, you know, that identity loss is really scary so that's a short-term application then of course long term that's when you get into the heavy stuff the deep ridden um the deeply you know the deep change that goes on so that includes you know addictions gastrointestinal disease and really yeah dis-ease literally um a compromised immune system and of course aging because you know your body it goes through so many oxidative changes and processes to the point where you're increasing um your age <laughs> the you know that exponential time of um your aging process now of course your brain is at the center of all this change that's going on right and your dna but other systems are included. Now, of course, within the brain, of course, the brain is subdivided into different regions. Now, in regards, especially to any trauma or sudden change, the thalamus gland and the limbic system, because they work together, they're both in charge of the motor functions, the hands-on, you know, the way your hands work, your memory. Um, that's what these systems are in place for. And they are they also communicate with the nervous system. Of course, you know, right? Motion 
and the hormonal system, the endocrine system. Um, so, and that's why you see, you know, for example, with the long-term effects, gastrointestinal, that's because of, well, one of the main reasons, um, is the hormonal shift, the sudden hormonal shift, I should say. So any trauma is really, it's, it's inter, it's interrelated and it affects a lot within the body. It's not just mental. It's really not just mental. Now I want to state some statistics. I might have stated this in an earlier podcast episode. However, I'll state it again. So, um, in now these statistics are from the book, the XX brain, which is an amazing book. I would highly recommend it. It's by Lisa Moscani. And in that book, she said, this is what she found. She's a researcher. Women are four times more likely to have migraines and headaches, three times more likely to have autoimmune disorders, two times more likely to develop anxiety or depression, and two-thirds out, two out of three Alzheimer's patients are women. So... Yeah, women, we, we, especially women. Of course, you know, there's a huge um, misunderstanding, really, as to how the women's body works, unfortunately. And we're finally getting a grasp simply because we were not a part of the research equation. Um, you know, mostly research was mostly done on men, essentially, but things are changing. So, um, yeah. In this episode, I am specifically talking to women because just because those stats alone, um, our bodies are so, um, I don't even know how to say it, really just amazing (laughs) Um, because of all that we do, right? Being childbearers. Um, And because of that, there's a lot of shifts that go on in the body. So even in regards to childbearing, um having these fluxes of progesterone and prognelone there's so many there's so much that goes on and how it correlates to the brain and its functionality that it's important that we are aware of this and um implement certain tools that can help the brain i wouldn't say recover i can't even use that term not essentially recover, but just really just support the brain during those, um, during those challenging times. So I know, um, now there are a few herbs that you want to look out for in their properties. Um, and these are neuroprotective plants and nourishing nourishing plants. I talked about nourishing plants a lot in the, um, in a previous episode, which I'll link below. Um, and that's really just because, okay, so because of the abundance of the vitamins and minerals in those plants, when, now, of course, I would always suggest, you know, when taking those, um, nutritive plants, substances, you can definitely combine it with a fat. And what that will do is to help the body uptake those 
vitamins and minerals, especially the fat soluble ones that need the fat to be absorbed in the body. So yeah, definitely a highlight on the nutritive and the neuroprotective plants. Now what these do, uh, there's so many, okay, I'll, I'll make it simple. <laughs> I'll make it simple. Um, so neuroprotective, of course, um, now there are different ways that plants support the brain in this aspect. So some of them are actually combined so that some of them will have, um, will affect the nervous system to where the nerves in the brain aren't so hyperactive because, you know, sometimes hyperactivity can promote a state of inflammation. So by incorporating those neuroprotective plants, it'll help to, um, make the environment in the brain, um, less inflated. And then if you take that and if you combine it with a nutritive herb, then that will help to support just the functionality of the brain. So that combo is lovely to look together. I personally love it. Um, and because I am postpartum right now, I am, <laughs> you better believe <laughs> I am, um, yeah, ad I am adamantly, um, I can't even talk. <laughs> ah! I am adamantly incorporating those specific plants in my lifestyle right now. Um, so other ways that neuroprotective herbs can help the brain and really support it. So there's the nutritive aspect and then, and then the, um, adaptogenic herbs. So like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of hormonal activity, um, that contributes to the brain and its functionality, right? Because of its close communication with the endocrine system. So if in the case, you know, stress, either your, you know, there's a spectrum of stress that your body is in. So depending on the scale of the spectrum that you're on, incorporating an adaptogenic plant can help you find a nice medium um, within the body in regards to stress. Because stress is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a matter of how your body is dealing with it. So... <clears throat> I hope the information in today's podcast really motivates you to incorporate certain plants that support the brain during these times of changes throughout our lives. And if there's anything that... Thank you so, so much for tuning in today. I want to hear from you. No, I don't. <laughs> I hope to see you next week on Thursday. Take care and bye for now.